Hi there. Welcome uh, to this edition of Wait a Week Mystery. I'm your host and author, J.C. Bodden. And in this week's uh, podcast, I'll be sharing with you another chapter from my novel, Someone to Watch Over Me, which is copyrighted in 2007. This book is the first in the Devlin O'Quinn mystery series, and it tells the story of Devlin's daughter, Jenny, who is working a job on campus as a dorm resident advisor. If you like what you hear and can't wait a week for the next installment, Someone to Watch Over Me, as well as the other three books in the Devlin O'Quinn series, is available in both Kindle and paperback format from Amazon. So go ahead and check out my website, jcbodden.com. That's J-C-B-O-D-D-E-N.com for more information and the link to my Amazon page. Now let's not wait any longer. Here we go with episode... 111, Someone to Watch Over Me, which is Chapter 11, Questions and Answers. Jenny's Story In the patrol car on the way back to the dorm, I started shaking again. Whether it was from the chilly night air or the residual adrenaline, I couldn't tell. Joe glanced at me, one corner of his mouth quirked up. Cold? he asked softly. I nodded. Without another word, he gently stretched his arm around my shoulders. I slid over and fit myself against him, grateful the second time that night for his solid warmth. We didn't speak for the rest of the ride. The patrol car stopped in front of the dorm, and Hunter got out and opened the back door. I climbed out, my legs like lead. Joe slid across and started to get out behind me. The officer leaned over and stopped him. Hey, buddy, we can drop you off at your place. Joe didn't answer, and I touched his arm. He said he could take you home, I told him. Oh, that's okay. I live on 5th Street. I can walk. Okay. Detective O'Quinn wanted me to tell you that he may have some more questions for you later. Joe nodded. As the patrol car pulled away, Joe walked me to the wide porch. I climbed the four stairs and then looked back at him. You're a mess. Yeah. He shoved his hands in his pockets and shrugged. I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't been there. Joe shrugged again. Well, anyway, thanks, I said, and noticed the bloodstains on his jeans and white undershirt. Another shudder ran through me. His face creased in concern. You should go inside before you catch cold. The porch light lit his face, and I was struck once more by the intensity of his blue eyes. I'll be okay. You're still shaky. Yeah, well, I smiled. It was scary. Yeah, he nodded. I was scared for you. I didn't understand. Me? Yeah, I, um, didn't you see? She looked like... He hesitated and squinted at me. Well, when I saw you there, all that blood, I guess I was in a panic, he stammered, now looking down at his feet. I'm glad it wasn't... I mean, uh, I'm glad I could help. I sat on the top step so we were at eye level. I'm glad you were there. Jenny, do you remember... What? He didn't answer. I remembered another sign and ran my index finger across my palm. What? Just then, two laughing girls pushed open the dorm door and walked out into the night. As the screen door slapped shut behind them, Joe stepped back out of their way. I should go, he said quietly. Wait, what? I was curious. Nothing. Joe put his hands together and then pulled them apart, palms open. Nothing. 
as he shook his head. It's late. I should go. He started down the sidewalk. Joe, I called, but he kept going, his back to me. I jumped up and ran after him and touched his elbow. When he stopped and turned toward me, there was something in the way he looked that made my breath catch in my throat. Maybe I could see you at Tilly and Mickey's for Sunday dinner tomorrow, I blurted. Okay. His smile was so shy it tugged at my heart. I thought about my dream. There's something I wanted to ask you. This time he ran his finger across his palm, signing, What? When I was a kid, I nearly drowned in the lake out at Twin Oaks. An older boy pulled me out. I never really knew who it was. Yeah? It was you, wasn't it, Joe? I studied his face carefully. The dark, dark hair, those intense blue eyes, comparing it to my memory, my dream. Joe blushed deeply and looked off at a spot somewhere over my shoulder. I was there, but I wasn't the one that pulled you out. I didn't know how to swim. He looked back at me and shook his head, a slight smile tugging at his mouth. Oh, well, I never knew who it was, and I have these dreams about it. Nightmares, really. Well, anyway, I'm glad you were there tonight. You're a good man to have around. Impulsively, I stood on tiptoe and kissed his cheek. His skin was rough with stubble, and although the scent of blood and sweat swirled around him, underneath it all there was a clean, soapy smell. His blue eyes grabbed me again, and I found myself wondering what it would be like to be completely lost in their depths. Thanks, I heard myself whisper. You're... you're welcome. Joe touched his cheek where I had kissed him, smiling slightly. Listen, uh... He stopped, his face abruptly clouded over. I gotta go. I'll see you tomorrow. With that, he turned and was gone. Inside, the lobby was in its usual Saturday night state. Couples sat close to each other on the couches. A group watched football on the television. A ping-pong game raged. No one in the place was aware of the attack, the attack earlier on the campus, where a young woman's life had nearly been taken. As I climbed the stairs to my apartment, Marcy was coming down. Hey, Jenny. Hey, yourself, I smiled, wishing I could steal some of her energy. Listen, there's going to be a campus-wide talent show in a couple of weeks for homecoming. All the sororities and fraternities are supposed to pick an entry, and the dorms can, too. Can we? I mean, it would be fun. We could have our own talent competition here, maybe next weekend, and decide who we want to send. What do you think? Yeah, I was going to see about that after my midterms. Next weekend would be good, because it's another away football game. Do you mind talking it up and seeing if you can get some interest? Okay. Marcy. My voice came out sterner than I had intended. She stopped, her foot in midair. A student was attacked tonight over by the library. Attacked? Really? Yeah. They took her to the hospital, and I think she's going to be okay. But they didn't catch the guy who did it. Are you going out? Uh, some of us are walking up to the dairy barn for ice cream. Well, be careful. Stay with the group, okay? Yeah, sure, Jenny, of course. In my room, I flopped on the couch and flipped on the television, mindlessly running through the channels, the events of the day replaying again and again in my mind. I was completely exhausted, but I resisted going to bed for fear of nightmares. Without meaning to, I fell asleep on the couch. Joe's Story It was Sunday, and the family was in the kitchen after church, preparing dinner. Papa Mickey had just come in, 
from lighting the grill for hamburgers and hot dogs, and Mama Tilly was directing one of the older girls in the fine art of making potato salad. Oh, Mickey, I almost forgot, she exclaimed. Devlin called yesterday afternoon while you were cleaning the pool. He was going to pick Jenny up at camp this morning. They should be here in time for dinner. That's great, Till. I've missed having that little face around here. Who's that, Mama Tilly? asked Travis. Jenny is our niece. She's my sister's daughter. Her father's name is Uncle Devlin. They're both going to be coming for dinner today. What about your sister? Ain't she coming too? Tilly put down her spoon, picked Travis up, and gave him a big hug. I wish she could, honey. I really do, but she can't. She died a long time ago. Her voice trailed off, and she set Travis down. All the activity in the kitchen stopped. The children looked at Tilly with solemn eyes. She was killed in a car accident when Jenny was a baby. She was hit by a drunk driver, Tilly said. It makes me sad because she was my twin sister and I loved her very much. And I still miss her. But death is a part of life and even though it happens to the people we love, we just have to learn how to go on. So you all should know that I'm all right. That even though it makes me sad, I'm still all right. She smiled and looked over at Joey. She wiped her hands on a dish towel, and the kids started back in on their chores. Sandy, I want you to set the table. I think we can eat on the back porch, don't you? It won't be too hot if I turn on the ceiling fan. Work in the kitchen resumed. Joey, who had been taking the hot dogs out of their wrappers and putting them on a tray to be taken out to the grill, looked up at Tilly with solemn eyes. Even though it makes me sad, I'm still all right, he whispered to himself. Well, folks, that concludes this week's chapter of Someone to Watch Over Me. Thanks for listening. To find out what happens next, please come back for episode 112 of Away to Week Mystery, or visit jcbodden.com to order the book. Either way, I hope your wait is a happy one. <laughs>